You know what I think would be hilarious is huh. a stand-up comedy show based in the MCU. Just imagine all the fun superhero jokes you could tell. Okay, no, try. Like, okay, like yeah, what? Okay, like, for instance, yeah, yeah. what? Get me on board. L let's just say Quicksilver isn't only fast at running. That's a sex joke. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't really like it. What else you got? I'm out. That's it. Oh, okay, that's well, it. That, that's so, okay, so 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 comedy in the MCU, but it's one joke about Quicksilver <laughs> busting too fast. Well, the funny and part that, of that joke, the, the funny okay. part of that joke is uh -huh. he well, spoiler alert. <laughs> he's already okay, no. dead at this point. Sure. Uh -huh. So that's the okay. funny part. Oh. Okay, how okay. how what? I, I I I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm not get putting it. two and two together here. The funny here. part. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that didn't work. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Captain America, and I'm Spider-Man. Except for in our art, I am Thor. But I'm also Thor. But call me Mighty Thor. Oh wow, that's very progressive of you, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. All right, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think we, I think we nailed that yeah, one. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I like that we yeah. uh, keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Every every week. Hey, you never know what you're gonna. Every two weeks, you never know what you're gonna get from us. What are they gonna? Are they gonna say their names or are they gonna mix mix it up with a superhero name? I think that's what the people are really tuning in for at this point. Yeah, that and the creativity of our thoughts right. and opinions. Mm -hmm. You got to keep them on your yeah. toes all at all times. Yeah. At all at all at all times. What's what's going on, everyone? It's it's Dan's birthday today, as I stated before. Uh, uh, this is normally the point in time where I introduce you all to the show, but you know, I figured uh, as a fun change of pace for Dan's birthday, I'd let him do the introduction. So by comparison, you can see how much better I am at it. Uh, Dan, please take it away. Yeah, true. Normally, Christian sits here and gives you all the notes about the movie, tells you who directed it, uh, what it made, right. uh, got a little bit of background, and maybe how it affects the future of the MCU. But you know what? Today... I think I'm gonna take that on. So hopefully oh, he's gonna take okay. that yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I'll hopefully I'll do okay this time. Uh, right. Yeah. I kind of yeah, doubt this might it. Be a but, little weird. but you know what? We'll see. This yeah. is this is just a test. We don't have to. You know, we're not married to anything. We don't have to commit to this. Sure. We'll try this out, and maybe you're good at it, and maybe this becomes a part of the format sure. later. Well, and we'll I don't see. know. Maybe you know. Uh, well, you know, it's time to say uh, goodbye to Paramount Pictures because this is the uh, last of the Paramount Pictures releases before Disney takes over uh, for the Avengers. What? No. Uh, I know. I know. We're going to miss Paramount Pictures in their almost edginess. Uh, this was released in July. Wow. Of 2011. What a what a wow. what a timing we've set for this. What a month. It is true. A lot of great people born and a lot of great movies released. Uh, I'm guessing that opinion will differ here. Uh, this was directed by Joe Johnston. Everyone knows Joe, obviously. Yeah, so Joe. Yeah, we don't need to talk about, about him. I'm sorry. What are you? A fucking idiot? Yeah. Never heard of Joe Johnston? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you crawl back under that rock that you live True. Un under? True. Uh, this movie uh, made a ton of money, obviously. $370 million. Uh, at the time, Chris Evans was praised for, for the performance in this movie. 
Uh, and one of the things that was called out uh, quite a lot was the depiction of 1940s, uh, which I personally was not there for. So I'm going to take this movie's word uh, that it uh, accurately depicted the 1940s. Uh, this movie actually began as a concept back in 1997 and was actually scheduled for uh, distribution by a company called Artisan Entertainment. Uh, there was lawsuits and money thrown around and issues and blah, blah, blah. And finally, uh, Marvel Studios got the rights back to this and they received a loan from Merrill Lynch to make this movie, uh, and they planned to release the film through Paramount, which they ended up doing. There were a couple other directors thrown around before Joe Johnston, like John Favreau. I don't know. I, I mean, it's Joe Johnston. Why would you pass the opportunity up? So Joe took that over. Uh, and finally, what I noticed out of this, uh, just as a call out here at the top, is there were a lot of people in this movie uh, that I, you know, it's been a long time. I think the last time I actually watched this movie all the way through was when it came out in theaters. Uh, but Bucky, Captain America, obviously, Peggy Carter, uh, young Howard Stark, uh, Dr. Zola, Red Skull, Nick Fury, all these people make at least one more appearance throughout the rest of the MCU, uh, and sometimes more significantly more than that, obviously. So uh, it's kind of interesting going through these early movies uh, and seeing, and some of the things I'll note throughout the movie here is how many lines make reappearances, how many characters how many situations are called back to. Uh, it's actually making me appreciate the MCU even more than I did before, Whoa. if you could believe wow. it. Wow. Yeah, that must yeah. be exciting for you, dude. For me, it is very exciting, actually. So uh, that's your uh, quick recap. And Christian, I really hope I did you justice there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have some notes. We can go over sure. them uh, after mm -hmm. the show. I think that there's a few of those things I'm going to need to have a stern talking uh, to with you about. Yeah. Uh, frankly, <laughs> uh, maybe some areas where I would have punched it up a little bit, added in uh, a little bit of humor. I definitely saw some missed opportunities there. Um, sure. I think yeah. that if you think that this shit and pardon the french but i think if you think that this shit is oh. going to fly every week uh you got another fucking thing coming <laughs> okay. you motherfucker okay well good thing but, we put the that, explicit but, tag but, but, all right right but 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 we we can move past it sure. for now okay. well we'll start here with another flash forward intro uh we had one of these in thor as well uh and right. now we are looking at the ice what could be in this ice? Mm. I don't know. Uh, turns out it's some giant machine. Maybe a plane? Yeah. You guys ever see uh, John Carpenter's The Thing? No. Uh, no. What the, that's like one of my favorite. Jesus Christ, dude. When, you know what, dude? When we're done like with this charade of uh, uh, whatever the hell this podcast is, we need to have another podcast called Christian Movies, where I make you watch things that I like. But anyway, the intro is like The Thing. But never mind. If you've never seen The Thing, it won't matter. But well, it, it is. Yeah. Just trust me. So wait, if you really love that movie... And this is like the thing that means you really enjoyed this intro. Yeah, that means yeah the uh, the intro definitely a high point of the movie because I saw it and I was like oh it's like the thing and then it made me think about how much I like the thing and then I was enjoying myself and then it kind of goes off the rails from there. Right. Okay, well great. Uh, now we're in 1942 Norway. Uh, and we get the first look at a uh, Hydra symbol Which, here. By the way. I thought this was Captain America. 
It's just, it's just it, Norway. What's going on here? Anyway, please continue. Yeah, uh, no, it, it it seems like they're looking for something, something very yeah. important. Uh, and what I noticed, by the way, throughout uh, this movie again is there were a lot of uh, one-off actors here who are at least now pretty big actors, included uh, David Bradley, who played mm. the person that was in that uh, church protecting the what we now know is the Tesseract. Uh, Wait, uh, throughout this movie, we don't a know that yet. Uh, they call it the Tesseract. Wait, do they? Oh, I yeah, guess I wasn't do. paying attention. Well, if you were, yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait, no. Well, is, first is they that... find the fake Tesseract in the coffin, right. which is the little glass piece, right? Uh, and then he calls out on the wall. There is a giant wood carving of right. Idrisil. Idrisil. Whoa. Idrisil. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was explained uh, we in... We will find our power in Yggdrasil! <laughs> this is going really well so far. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, this was a concept explained in Thor, actually. Uh, so another little callback to the Thor movie. This is the tree of uh, the world. The world, the world tree. tree. Of... Yep. The world tree. Uh, but you know what? That first little box, that was a fake out. He got you. That that, that thing in the coffin, that wasn't real. Uh, turns out the real Tesseract was hidden in the wall. Yeah, personally, I like to keep my hidden decoys about 10 feet from where the real one is. <laughs> That's my personal right, opinion exactly, on how to yeah. hide things. Right, yeah, because well, it keeps people on their toes at that point. The ones that are truly worthy of the power will uh, anticipate that the real thing is uh, actually just 10 feet away. <laughs> and uh, who's more deserving of a Tesseract than Nazis? That's 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 what I've always said. Yeah, I, I yeah. know. You say it too much, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's basically my catchphrase. At this point, it makes people around me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, one of the just things... Just like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of like how you pointed out too i i didn't realize like how, not only are there a lot of big characters that are introduced in this movie but like all of the actors are pretty much recognizable from their own movies like they have a lot of like actually big well-known actors in this that just play like random ass roles like mr yeah. filch from harry potter is just there and he dies in like one second yeah he also uh plays the first doctor in the new doctor who series uh which was oh shit yeah cool. you're right yeah yeah so he's yeah he's he's been in a lot of things uh and so it was really crazy to see just a kind of throwaway character here at the start for him to be in and uh we'll also get some other characters from doctor who and and more later on in the movie here um, so we see that the Tesseract is taken away, uh, but now we're heading to, uh, the good old U.S. of A. And, uh, this I think is going to be our first topic, our real topic of conversation is, uh, yeah. CGI, small and scrawny Steve Rogers. Small and scrawny Steve Dude. Rogers. <clears throat> I was not about that, honestly. Like that was I don't know like how they made that. Well, I can I can tell you how I, they made it. Here we go. Oh yeah. yeah but please. So what they did was they well the the um the process varies from shot to shot, but basically like the the blueprint for it was that you would shoot one scene uh of Chris Evans acting out the part as himself because he's huge and jacked. Uh, and then you shoot 
another scene, the same scene with a different actor. I think this guy's name was Leander Dini or something like that. Um, was like the scrawny uh, body double for uh, Steve Rogers. And he would act and try to mimic Chris Evans's performance. And then they would shoot a third scene of just the background with no actors in it. So that like later on when they did all the CG and like shrunk Chris Evans down to be like the five foot four scrawny kid, all this all the space like in the background that his giant body took up could now be replaced with like the background that was just shot with no actors. And then they would do like a bunch of um depending on the shot, they would do a bunch of CG like face replacement and also sculpt out like how skinny they needed him to be to be consistent throughout the entire movie. Yeah. This was this was a ballsy move. Uh, to do this for the whole, what was this? It was probably the first at least 45 minutes of the movie, 30, 45 minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's like a full third. He, yeah, before yeah. he beefs up. Uh, it was a ballsy move. The CGI was a bit rough, for sure. But Did you think so? I thought it was fucking insane. I, I thought- See, this is, this is the, I think the CGI actually was pretty good here, but what I think is like, when you're jacked, when you're like just fucking shooting like uh, steroids and you're getting like, you know, that steroid pump on, like it does stuff to your face yeah. as yeah. well. And that was the thing that kind of like threw me off is there's de- like, there's like, there's like the thing where it's like, it's like, it's like you're like, you're sweating so many steroids that like you have like jaw muscles mm-hmm. and like, you know, what? And so it was weird to see this dude. It's like, it's like, cause like the musculature in Chris Evans' face is like, prena- like it's crazy. Like every single point of muscle on that guy's body. Yeah is like bulging and so it was weird because it's like this guy with this muscly ass face which is already kind of off-putting because like normal people don't really have muscly faces but he does and then you like juxtapose that to this like scrawny body and Mm -hmm. it just like did this uncanny valley thing for me where i'm just like oh that's not right something about this is not correct you know like like the entire time i was watching it's interesting that you point that out because they also did on top of face replacement, they did um, trim down a lot of his like jaw and like facial structure to make him more scrawny looking. Right, which just yeah. goes to show how many steroids yeah, he was actually He's got a lot taking. of muscles on his face. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. I, I think that that's what I mean by the, the CGI being rough. Or I guess maybe CGI isn't the right word here. I think it is. But um, like some of the lighting on his face sometimes was a little off. His ears sometimes seemed to be like, artificially pushed back or the lining kind of around his head was clearly not, I don't know, mixing in with the environment super well, but it didn't take me out of it 95% of the time. Like there was one scene where he's sitting in the medical room uh, with the, with the doctor who's going to make the decision as to whether he's going to be part of the super soldier program. And he's looking directly at him and just like, his ears seem cut off to a bit like his face. The lighting is off. It's just there were certain points like that. But I will say pretty impressive considering, again, this was now uh, 11 years ago and it was yep. made probably 12, 13 years ago. 
um, for that technology to be that good and to do it for literally a third of the movie like that, uh, I thought was great. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job there. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of uh, thought it was funny how uh, the Captain America character is just like this wiener who gets beat up constantly and that was sort of the uh extension like because we because we because we start with him in a movie theater uh and then uh there's uh some uh military propaganda happening uh which is a large theme in this movie as it has been a large theme in thor <laughs> i was, was waiting for this in iron man yeah. too, as it was a large theme in the hulk as it was a large theme in iron man uh, so, you know, it's, it, it, that's kind of, but this one, especially, you know, because like, I feel like you can really like, as soon as Nazis are a part of the plot, you can really just like pump that military propaganda. And of course, Iron Man being a military man himself, it was just kind of the perfect storm of that. But anyway, they're inside of a theater and they're watching this military recruitment video. And then there's uh, some dick, some guy at the front of the theater who's like, I, w- I want to see, see the cartoons. Who even cares about the military? To which uh, Captain America, uh, at this point, just uh, 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 some random nobody is like, hey, why don't you go ahead and show a little respect there, uh, uh, guy, you know? And um, then it's a scene of him getting the shit beaten out of him behind a movie theater for antagonizing a guy in the theater but that's not all because he goes on uh throughout this whole sequence of him being scrawny uh to at various points they really want to make sure that you know that this guy just gets the shit kicked out of him all the time there's like a scene where they're in a car and he's like i got beat up in that alley and i got beat up in that alley and i got beat up in that alley and i got beat up in, and it's just like damn dude like it, it kind of made me wonder it's like why do you even want to fight for this country <laughs> like so hard dude it doesn't seem like anyone's nice to you and also you're entire life is uh just getting rocked by uh bullies which is another uh theme of this movie well, yeah well don't forget he can do this all day yeah he right yeah he, he can do yeah. it all day and every day for that matter <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and does. he does and he yeah. does do it all day and every day yeah little little spoiler you're gonna hear that line a lot you're gonna hear it yeah. all day if you watch the MCU. oh there you go Okay. And every day. And every day. Love it. Well, uh, what I, uh, again, knowing, even knowing that Bucky Barnes was part of this movie, uh, seeing him come in the alleyway and save uh, Steve from this bully, you know, uh, what was crazy is just, again, remembering that Sebastian Stan has been in the MCU since this movie uh, 11 years ago. And so uh, it's kind of just interesting rewatching these for the first time again and seeing... uh, 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 Sebastian Stan, who is still in the MCU and still doing new products for them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, when he entered onto his first scene, I didn't realize how different he seems than like yeah. when he shows up later. You know, yeah. he almost seemed, I mean, like he pretty much is a different character uh, in a sense, but he he just feels <laughs> like a totally different person, which is yeah, pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, again, it's just, it's, Cool to see the progression over years of movies and, and shows. So 
Um, now we get to see them uh, go on their first, well, it was supposed to be a double date, but you know what? Steve's got other plans. Uh, but this right. is another... Uh, it's supposed to be a double yeah. date, but Steve's a giant dork and no one <laughs> yeah, likes Steve's... him. And they really want to make sure that that point's communicated as often as possible to the audience. Yeah, he's not quite as into the ladies as he is into serving his country. And getting, and beaten, getting up. beaten up. All day, right. I might point out. All day. All day. And he can do it all day <laughs> and does. Yeah. Well, one of these, uh, one of the dates is Jenna Coleman, who goes Ooh. on to be a companion in Doctor Who uh, and becomes a really big movie star, um, which, again, is crazy to see that this very one-off disposable character that makes no further appearances in the MCU just shows up like this and ends up becoming a really big actress. Uh, so that was another cool one to see. Uh, and then we yeah, see... And they're- yeah. Oh well, and then they're 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 at the they're at the they're at the wor- world world of tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is of course a uh, well. Hold on, what is this? A cr- a crossover episode? Because that's all. Hey, the world of tomorrow. That's the annual Stark thing that uh, uh, some uh, uh, Russian guy tries to blow up with machines later. Uh, but uh, wouldn't you know, Steve doesn't know that that's about to happen in 70 years. So anyway, back to you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He doesn't know what's going to happen in 70 years. You really nailed that one. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we do see uh, young Howard Stark, um, which again, this is not the last time we'll see him, but this is again, cool to see kind of the origins of these characters again, after not watching these for a long time. Um, but we get kind of the Elon Musk of uh, Howard Starks here showing off his new car invention that, uh, guess what? You're no longer going to need those tires anymore because your cars, they're going to levitate. Right, and it's also very Elon Musk-esque because uh, it just doesn't doesn't work work correctly. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but it will. I I told you it would take a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we're looking through this world of tomorrow and then we get the shots of Steve looking for ways to get recruited into the army during this world of tomorrow event, uh, I wrote this line, which was, man, there's a lot of military propaganda. I can't wait to hear Christian's thoughts. Yeah. Uh, right, dude. Well, I mean, because it is, it is, like, legit, like... One of my biggest problems with this movie is the fact that, like, the character of the Steve d- just doesn't make any sense. Like, like, there's no motivation behind his actions, like, in the beginning. Like, like, like they need a way to push him from being uh, this tiny dork that everybody picks on to being Captain America... Uh, but like the entire thing is just, it's kind of, it's kind of this young man indoctrinated by patriotic fervor. Like, I, like, I don't even necessarily think it like paints him in a fantastic light because he like, he's just like, I want to join the military. And then they keep saying no. And then he just continues to try to join the military, like, because like because he has this sense of like patriotic duty or whatever. But then again, it's like, you see him back at home and it's like, no one respects him and everyone's like a dick to him and like whatever. So it, it kind of begs the question, like, why does he even like care about any of this? Really? It's like, it's like the country that he's trying to fight for hates him uh, until he gets jacked, which I think is kind of also funny because ain't that just the way that it goes? It's like, it's like he, everyone's a dick to him until he's handsome. And then all of a sudden everyone's really nice to him, which is probably kind of how it goes. Well, that's not, 100% true. I mean, Peggy yeah. was nice to him before. 
people were shitty to him before. And then even when he's Captain America, the first time he goes out there to the military, nobody's cool with him still. They throw tomatoes at him. Yeah. Right? Like Yeah, which by the way, who who, yeah, who, who gave, gave them tomatoes? Them tomatoes? That's what I was wondering. Why do they have tomato I was the the entire time I was watching that, I was just like, what the fuck? Like like you're just holding tomatoes. Yeah, as soon as the soldiers <laughs> figured out that there was gonna be a show for them, they're like, Oh, I gotta I gotta keep these tomatoes on hand just in case. <laughs> just I mean- in case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it that crazy to think that some guy called Captain America is going to come out and put a show on for you and maybe you're going to fuck with him and maybe you bring some tomatoes to throw at him? I don't that think that's yeah, that's kind of crazy. I don't think that's, you're, that's, you're, you're, try, you're trying to you're trying to explain that as if that's not crazy. That is crazy. Okay, but yes, that's crazy. You're acting like there's not deranged behavior in that kind of situation. Uh in the United States military, Dan, what are you suggesting? Yeah. Right, well, what are you insinuating we'll here? I'm not yeah, insin- I for one support the truth, okay. unlike Dan, who yeah. obviously does not. Moving yeah. on. No, yeah, that's why you say we need less military propaganda because you support them so much, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you know what? Our boys overseas, they got it. They don't need you. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh well let's go back. Because to the- that's how much I support the military. I think everyone in the military right now, they got it. They don't need yeah. more people. I support them that much. That's how much I believe in them. Sure. Sure, of course. Well, uh, uh, more on the note of things popping up later on, uh, you're taking all the stupid with you uh, as Bucky goes away to have a double date by himself while while, while Steve here goes to try to sign up again and falsify information, I guess, for the sixth time uh, to try to get into the military, which... uh, Yeah, wild again. I think it was a stretch at that point for me. That's where it became the stretch was like, okay, this guy's now literally lying to try to get into here. Uh, that, well, I think I just, I just, I just kind of think like a reoccurring theme that I see in these movies is that it's like the, it's like a lot of stuff I think sort of happens for the sake of the audience more than it happens for the mm-hmm. sake of like creating a, a, a real story, you know, which is like f- fine. I mean, I don't like that, but like that's that that's a way to make a movie, you know, but I kind of think like the whole thing of him being like, you're, you're never going to get into the military. You're a 90 pound asthmatic. And he's just like, but I have to. And that's sort of the depth of the character. It's like, it, it, it feels more like it's trying to get the audience on board with this idea that he's this like great guy. He's this great patriotic man that was dealt a bad hand. But you know, again, like the world doesn't really work like that. I'm going to take a side. I'm going to take the writer's side for a second because uh, while that is a good point and th- looking at it in, in a different perspective, like my perspective right now is, is uh, like he's been scrawny all his life. People have picked on him. So he's kind of got something to prove. Um, and so that to me would feel like a decent motivator for him to just like keep trying to do all this stuff. And they're also trying to point out that he is like um, not okay with watching people die and him not having some part in it right he like not killing yeah. people but like trying True. to change the outcome of people dying uh, yeah, right because he actually specifically states he doesn't want to yeah kill he doesn't want to kill anyone unless they're bullies he he's very specific right. about this he well, doesn't care who they are <laughs> 
And see, I th- a thing I thought was really fucking funny about this movie is how it's like the entire thing is like really just predicated upon him hating bullies. And he's like just juxtaposed to Nazis. And there's just like all this suggestion that it's like, and who are bigger bullies than Nazis? And it's just like, it's kind of like infantilizing like uh, Nazis a little bit, which sort of just happens because it's just like, oh yeah these bullies <laughs> like you well, know it's like the people that beat me up back at home those were bullies and also you know what i can't stand bullies and therefore i'm gonna bring the fights to the biggest bullies of all which are of course the nazis well and and this was this is not completely inaccurate though to how people saw uh this war and these nazis and other things from their perspective meaning there were comic books back in the day that literally were superman punching Hitler in the face, right? Like there were these comic books that came out that kind of made the Nazis seem like evil villains, like cartoon characters, right? And that they needed to just get a punch in the face and that was it. We'd take them out, right? And so I don't think it was an unrealistic uh, view of how uh, people were viewing this war at the time. I get that. I just, I, again, I just also think it's kind of funny because it just sort of downplays Nazis a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of like, oh man, you hear about like the Nazis bullying those Jews. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh man, that was really fucked up when they bullied them like that. You know, it's sure. like, yeah, the stakes are a little higher. Yeah, but I mean, but, uh, you know, whatever. you need a, you need to make them into some sort of cartoony villain in order to get sure. the get the go ahead to just like blast them into oblivion with like laser guns later right on, right right so, yeah 100 percent. yeah well uh now we get uh the tesseract being brought back and uh, we see our first look at dr zola who uh this is not their uh, i think final no i know fine not their final appearance uh and they also don't die at the end of this so that's easy enough um, and so they get their first kind of test with the Tesseract to see what kind of power this thing's going to put out, uh, and kind of just gives a, a hint towards what's coming. Uh, but now we see some of the bigger players here. We get Peggy Carter, uh, we get Tommy Lee Jones' character, which, uh, now I'm blanking off the top of my head what his name even was, uh, and we're starting to see now, uh, uh, Chris Rogers, actually, Chris Rogers, Chris Steve Rogers. Rogers, holy shit. Uh, Steve Rogers in the military and uh, our first mention of the Super Soldier program, uh, which is the program to try to build uh, soldiers with superpowers. Yeah, and they they do this like cool training montage. I say cool kind of sarcastically because like montages really need to be good for them to be justified in a movie. Uh, And Steve, much like uh, a character called Mulan from disney's mulan struggles in like every exercise and then gets bullied for it which is uh i don't know a little bit of a parallel in disney universes you know uh, n- n- as they're as they're doing their little jog they're run through the uh, through the uh the, the base uh there's a flagpole there and nobody's gotten that flag in 17 years but if someone gets it guess what they get to ride back in the car all the way back. Yeah, they get to they get to they get to ride back in the car with the hot chick. Yeah, yeah. Th- this yeah. is why. I mean, it is it is the forties, so let's just. Yeah. Well, also, she's the only I thought, chick. I thought. Yeah. Right. Well, also, what was that? What was that? What was that girl's name? 
Peggy, Peggy Carter. Carter. Peggy Carter. Yeah, it's like it, it's it, it's such a classic Marvel movie thing where they're like, okay, there's this like unbelievably attractive woman that's so attractive she seems kind of out of place in this uh arena and then a guy is like hey i don't respect you because because you're because you're you're out you're out of place here you're a hot girl so i'm so you know what so i'm not going to give you the respect you deserve and then she just like punches him in the head and knocks him out and then it's like oh okay now we all respect it's like i like i just feel like in every single one of these movies it's like there's just that scene that they have to get out of the way where where it's like where it's like okay it's like a hot girl but then she punches someone it's like okay so now she's one of the boys all right moving on you know and 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 we definitely got that scene in this movie too yeah we did we got the punch in the face um, um yep going back to the flag thing because they they were like yeah you get to go and you get a good boon if you get the flag at the top of this pole and everyone's trying to climb it. They can't climb it. It's a pretty thick pole. And he just goes and like takes a bolt out and the pole falls down and he grabs the flag. But the entire time I was wondering like, what does this show about Steve's character? Because like the big thing about Steve is that he's pure of heart. Right. right. And him getting a flag from a pole through like, just like common sense thinking doesn't really amplify that part of his personality dude i was i was i was thinking the same thing though like i feel like the steve thing would have been that he like tries to climb the pole and then it's like this thing where it's like now the sun is setting and he's he's still trying he's still just trying yeah I get that, but I also see it differently because the way that I saw it was that all of those guys were literally pushing and fighting each other to try to get onto that pole to try to get the flag. And the way that I saw it was that Steve would take a route that wouldn't require him to try to beat up his fellow uh, army mates into trying to get this flag off of this pole. Instead, he would use some level of common sense that didn't require that forcefulness to get this okay see i'm gonna give you that but like i really like that idea dan but i think that they could have done it that way but done it better and just had them literally beating each other up to try to get onto the pole and then it would have sold that point better but i agree you should write the mcu thank you i agree with you i'm very (laughs) good at writing yeah i you know what i agree there's a balance there so if it was like Everyone but two people went back to the line because they gave up, and those two people were fighting it out to try to be the ones to climb it, and then he pulled the thing and got the flag. Yeah. Sure. I think there's a middle ground to have been found there. So, yeah. But I was more right. Okay, cool. Uh, So. uh, (laughs) uh, uh, All right. Birthday boy, let's go. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, hey, happy birthday, birthday. Thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for giving me that one because I was right. (laughs) Um, All right. We do also see uh, Steve jump on the grenade, uh, which was... Dude, that scene... No, hold on. We're not not just going to brush past the Steve... That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen in a movie ever, possibly. Because, again, it's like... Like... I'm really starting to like whittle it down. And I like said it before, because I think before we started this experience of watching all the MCU movies, I was kind of like, I don't like these movies. But then people were like, why? And I was like, I I don't, 
I can't completely put my finger on, but like I'm starting to be able to really put my finger on it. And it's the fact that this is like another scene that felt like it was just like completely for the audience and was just weird in the context of the movie. It's like a grenade gets thrown and then everyone's like, ah, a grenade. And then Steve like jumps on it, which, which is fine by by the way it's like whatever that's that that's not even necessarily the thing i had an issue with even though it's kind of weird it's like it's the thing that happens afterwards where he's just like get down everybody get to safety come on and, you know because that now there's like this exposition scene where it's like he's already jumped on the grenade and that already proves the point like the point that scene's trying to make is that steve jumps on the grenade if he had just closed his eyes you know and balled himself up it like that would have been like, oh, okay, what a what a what a what a self sacrifice. But then they're like, but we're not sure if the audience is totally gonna get like exactly that this was like a heroic act. So now we need to like throw all this dialogue in after the fact, where he's like telling everybody to get down, and then he like tells everybody to save themselves, and it's like, okay, and just in case you haven't been able to tell that he's this great guy, then there's a scene of like the two people talking. They're like, see, I told you that he was a great guy because he threw himself onto that grenade it's like it's like that happens and then that act has to be like reinforced three times just to make sure that like drooling troglodytes in the audience can be a hundred percent certain as to what just happened well i think the scene mm. would have been pretty bland with no like with no dialogue or like him saying anything because like realistically if you jump onto a grenade and people aren't like you're sacrificing yourself and people aren't, like, getting far enough away for your sacrifice to be, like, worth the sacrifice. You're going to be like, get the yeah, fuck yeah. out of here, dude. Like, what are you doing? But then yeah. also um, a big part of, like, his training montage was that the sergeant, wh what's his name? We, we still don't remember his name. The Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. In, I, I, was, I was looking for a character name. But Tommy Lee Jones and Stanley Tucci are just like, Stanley Tucci is trying to convince Tommy Lee Jones that this is the kid. Like, that's the whole point of this training montage. And, like, even though Steve fails at the training montage, like, he's still the dude that they, like, that's yeah. the whole point was that they were, like, trying to convince Tommy Lee Jones of. Right, yeah. But I still think it would have convinced Tommy Lee Jones if he had just jumped on the grenade. Like You think like, you could, you could have been sold like, with, like, a look is what you're saying. Yeah, it, exactly. Okay. Whereas that scene, it just it just keeps fucking going. It's like he already jumped on the grenade. It's like if you're halfway paying attention, it's like you get it. Tommy Lee Jones gets it. The like the scientist dude gets to be smug because he proved his point. But it's like there's just a lot of parts in this movie where it's like the action happens, and you're like, oh, I see what's happening, and then there's like exposition where it's like being explained to you yeah. why this thing that happened is relevant where it's like the explanation doesn't really need to happen it's like it's like the thing happened you can just move on from that point but it's just like well there's children watching this movie so we really need to make sure that they understand as well you i know? mean that's true there are children watching this movie it's true there are uh, i would say predominantly children uh <laughs> yeah uh well now we're gonna learn a little bit more about hydra uh which is a uh leading force here over the course of the next few movies and further on uh past this in the mcu 
Uh, Hydra is a research arm of the Nazis. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we're finding out through this movie is, is quickly becoming almost a cult, right? That's run by Johann Schmidt, who we found out is the guy who went to find the Tesseract in the start of the movie. Is that uh, Agent Smith? Yeah, by I the love way? that it's Agent Smith playing Johann Schmidt. Is it? Okay. Smith. Yeah. Schmidt. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll get the first look here at Hydra. Uh, and we also kind of saw little hints that something's wrong with this guy's face in previous moments. But now uh, we're seeing a dark silhouette of Johann Schmidt while he's being painted. While this artist looks like he's going to throw up in his mouth every four seconds uh, while he's trying to get this uh, painting done. Uh, but we, again, uh, it's seemingly becoming more of a cult that praises Johann Schmidt in his direction for how he wants to take over the world, utilizing this Tesseract and the unlimited power that it seems to bring uh, to him. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, now we just got to wait to see that full reveal of the red yeah. skull. And can I say to you, and this is going to be like kind of uncharacteristically positive of me, mm -hmm. but, uh, I think Hydra's cool. Like, and I think it's actually <laughs> like a smart, well, I think, I think, I think it's like a smart decision that they did as writers because you can't just like make Nazis cool, you know? I mean, you could, but that would be weird to to do you know sure. like but i think that they like solve that nicely by being like okay there's this like offshoot of nazis who you know like they're like they're nazis they're nazi-esque for sure but like they're kind of even more cartoonishly evil than hitler could ever be and they sort of have their own thing going on and then you can make those guys kind of cool, you know, because then you're not like, you know, you're you're not you're not totally glorifying the source material. You're sort of glorifying this imagined evil enterprise that's now just sort of loosely based on Nazism. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought I thought they did a cool job with that. Like every time the like villains were on screen, I was like, oh, this is like cool performances, and I don't feel horrible because I'm not glorifying uh, Nazis. I think Hydra's dope, but uh, I'll go on record as saying Nazis aren't. Very brave of you. Very brave. Thank you. Um. Well, we'll skip past the car scene where. Uh... <laughs> Steve says he's been beat up in a bunch of alleys and that he's waiting for the right dance partner. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then also there's like, again, dude, just this fucking shit for the fucking audience, bro. Like that, like that, like he's like talking to the woman and she's just like, you've, you haven't really talked to women before, have you, Steve? And he's just like, no, I'm just a bumbling dork that gets beaten up. Of course, I'm, this is the longest conversation I've ever had with a woman. It's like, it's like, I, it's like, I get it. I fucking get it. You're like a you're like a dork. Like I like I don't need all of these scenes explaining to me how much of a dork he. It's like the one scene of him getting beaten up in the movie theater. I'm like, oh, this guy's a fucking weasel. And then it's just like fucking 25 minutes of just making sure you know that like this dude really is hopeless. Yeah, I think that's how stories work. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I think I could have written it better. I think I would have written it that he got beaten to death in the alley at that movie theater, and then this never happened. <laughs> okay, well, now we don't have to deal with Scrawny Steve anymore because Howard Good. Stark kicks off the machine, and he's injected with the super serum, 
Uh, and he is now a uh, big Steve. Big Steve. Big old, big old Steve uh, America, as they call him. Uh, yeah. And so we see that the uh, super serum worked. We also see that someone uh, from Hydra uh, broke into <laughs> the ranks of this military operation somehow and made his way inside to steal some of that super serum. Yeah, this was like probably the dumbest part of the entire fucking movie yeah well because it's like because it's like steve you're jacked now do something about this like they're all like in this room and it's like clear that you know this guy has like a lighter that's actually a detonator which he like for some reason puts inside of an empty room with no one in it and then blows it up and it's just kind of like okay sure bro and like i mean he has a cyanide capsule he knows he's gonna die anyway like you know it's like it's like just there's you know it's like if you're literally willing to die for your mission just put it just put it in the room with all the people and but that wasn't fact, the goal why don't you just that wasn't the goal though yeah. right the goal was the, to distract so he could take the serum and bring it back every one of them in hydra has the capsule in case of getting captured right in case of emergency yeah exactly so i don't think it was that weird that he placed the explosion there you know in hopes that he doesn't blow up the serum or blow up anything else that's important including himself uh so that he could make a distraction grab the serum and get out i don't think what they prepared for though was the fact that uh steve rogers would be uh super at this point well no um, yeah the other weird thing is that there was conveniently one vial of serum left after all the rest of them got pumped into Steve and then he takes yeah. the one shoots one guy right. and everyone's like ah there's a gun and then, <laughs> and then he runs out of the facility <laughs> I know and it's kind of funny because it's like you know like Steve's character like Steve Again, established in the movie, jumped on what he thought was a live grenade. Like, self-sacrifice is not in, uh, uh, a thing outside of Steve's wheelhouse. But in this moment, it's like, this dude blows some shit up. Steve sees it. Then he, like, shoots Steve's buddy. And then he sees that. And then he starts running up a staircase and then shoots more people. And only then is Steve like, oh, you know what? Someone should probably do something well, about this okay. guy. But he was just transformed like 10, Ten seconds, seconds ago. ago. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's gone through his Captain America training yet and is ready to go take on a guy with a gun. Right? Like, yeah. even in also, the moments where he's caught up to him, he's still hiding behind walls and stuff. Like, he yeah. doesn't know the extent of his power. Yeah, that's just something yet. I really liked was that they made him, like, very, like, weird and awkward. And he was, like, visibly untrained, right? Like, so he's yeah. still the scrawny kid, just in a bigger body. And I think yep. that was, like, uh, I mean, it was necessary for them to get that right, but they did get it right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then we see their loyalty to Hydra when uh, he smashes that capsule and uh, takes himself out while saying "Hail Hydra." Well, but 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 like right before that happens, there's a scene that I wanted to touch on uh, where he uh, uh, the 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 Hydra guy he holds a child hostage and then like has a gun to a kid's head, which again 
I said it in the Hulk, and I'm sure I will continue to say it, but, like, really, if you want a character to be insanely villainous, you need to involve a child within or the scene, dog. because then that's, like, the child or yeah. a dog, right? Because then that's, like, oh, my God, this man will go to any lengths for his villainy. Does he have no morals or boundaries? And as we can see, Hydra does not. And then he, like, takes the kid, and then he, like throws the kid into water right there's this there's this uh there's this little canal that they're next to and he ends up throwing the child into the water and uh before uh captain america jumps in the water to save the child there's like a scene where he looks down into the water and the kid's like uh uh go get him i can swim <laughs> and then he's like uh and then he just keeps going it was just so well, fucking weird okay <laughs> but but let's so play funny, the reverse <laughs> let's play the reverse captain america goes in and saves this kid from swimming in water you would be right. sitting here and going why can't the kid swim they didn't do anything to him he didn't even get shot no 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 no, no, no. I'd like sometimes both of you have made this point throughout this podcast and I'm forced to seed it because I think that you're right but I actually think in this context like no it he probably would have jumped in the water to save the drowning child and I think that that was just a problem that the writers had where they were like oh but he throws the kid in but then like Captain America like wouldn't he just jump into the water and they're like oh fuck yeah you're right uh, okay so we need to get rid of this kid without actually killing the kid but if the kid's incapacitated Acetated, then Steve's gonna try and like help him and that's gonna mess up the whole chase sequence it's like oh we'll just add in a scene of him in the water and then just get some random kid in post to say hey don't worry about it I can swim and then that will just sort of neatly tie this entire thing up like it just it just it just it just felt awkward like it was weird like it's obviously not the kid saying it it's like something they recorded later and it's just sort of thrown on the top of this like clip of a child in water. Yeah, like, see, I, I didn't. You know, I, I know. didn't catch that, so maybe that's why I didn't. I didn't my think. Experience. I didn't think that was. Put I, in I thought at I all. saw the kid say it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. I, no, hundred percent, dude. I'm gonna go back and watch that. I don't. I don't think you so. go back yeah, and rewatch. Yeah, right right and then, <laughs> and then yeah. after this podcast is released, we will tweet on our Twitter account whether you were right or not. Because I don't remember. Right. I remember oh, yeah, seeing the, the kids say it. Yeah, go, go, go. Like, listen, dude, if you've made it this far into the podcast, go follow our social media. What the fuck yeah, is wrong with please. you, dude? What? Yeah. Okay. You, you've made it this far without following us on social media? Yeah. Come on, dude. You've listened to more military propaganda in this podcast than you have our own social media, so... Right, yeah. and and if you join the military, then you don't have to follow our podcast. There you go. But That's if true. you but you got to do your patriotic duty in one way or another. That's true. While you guys um, were busy well, shilling our social media, I literally went back and checked, and he does say uh -huh. it. Yeah, he visibly Perfect. says it. Well, maybe he says it, but they definitely took no. They didn't. No, okay, no. you're wrong. They did. <laughs> Great, they you're wrong. You're wrong. No. You're wrong. You're just wrong. Uh, I don't cool. Think so. I'm glad but that you're wrong. But you know what, Dan. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, Let's okay. continue. All right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, well, we get a bunch more military propaganda now. This is a uh, montage of Captain America going across the world and punching Hitler in the face. Again, a, a nod to all of the comic books at this time that would right. make superhero comics and make those superheroes go over to Germany and, and punch Hitler right in the face. No problem. Um, and so, uh, he, now we get the tomato scene and he's not doing so great in front of the military. We'll 
seed the point as to whether they knew they were going to bring those tomatoes or in advance or if they always carry them around with them. They just carry tomatoes sometimes. You never know when you might need one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Military men and yeah. their tomatoes. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but at this point is where Steve actually finds out that uh, Bucky uh, didn't return from a mission in the 107. Oh, no. And that he, uh, he's either captured or killed, but it's unclear at this point. All we know is we're just signing a bunch of letters with condolences, uh, and Bucky was one of those names. Uh, but, you know... Captain America, he doesn't let that stuff slide. Right. Yes. <laughs> I I literally I have n- nothing to say about the the middle of this movie. Like there Oh no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I I I do I do have okay. something to say. So something I want to add uh about this point uh that is just I don't know, man. It's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of another example of uh them just doing everything too on the nose for me is that like before he has to go rescue Bucky, there's a scene of him and it and again, it's just it's just the most on the nose shit where he's like drawing a dancing monkey dressed up as Captain America, which already at that point, I'm like, okay, that's a little on the nose, bro. Like, you know, it's like, it's like the dancing monkey and the Captain America thing, whatever. But then in true MCU fashion, the hot girl comes up to him and is like, you know what, Steve, I think you could be so much more. And then she gestures to the book. And was like, then a dancing monkey. And it's just kind of like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I got it. Like I already got it when he was drawing the dancing monkey. And even that was too on the nose. But then it's just like this thing where they're like, oh, but just to make sure that the audience totally understands what's happening at this point, that's a dancing monkey. And that's what he sees himself as. And now we need this extra exposition around this scene. Just, just to make it clear that this is how he feels and it's like of course that's how he feels we already saw the scene of him drawing the thing but who's supposed to push him to take his next step without that moment she, she can she can push him to take his next step without using the words dancing monkey that's like that's like like i don't have a problem with uh uh, uh the arc of development my thing is more like i'm just saying it's like i fucking get it like i get it dude like he's drawing the dancing monkey and then he's talking about feeling like a dancing monkey and then she's like you don't have to be a dancing monkey it's just like it's just like she can just come up and just be like you know what you could be so much more uh i see you're upset right now let's continue and then that would have just been like a subtle thing where he's like uh you know he like because he's obviously discontent already when the scene is starting like like it's just like it's just like i don't need to hear the phrase dancing monkey a million fucking times after i've already seen a dancing monkey that he's drawing again these movies are made with children in mind it's true and that's not like I'm not that, a child. That's not like a like a slight against the writing. It's just making it more. It accessible. feels like you're kind of shitting on Dan on his birthday. I would never uh, shit okay. on Dan on his birthday. That is not my intention. It is your no. intention. I get it. Um, well, so on his and also just by the way, on his way to rescue. Uh, uh, well, because because he comes to find that like a bunch of the army men are caught by Hydra Nazis, and now he needs to go save them. And lo and behold, how does he uh, go save them? I'll tell you right now. He jumps from a fucking plane. Yeah, 
I forgot about this. I forgot. Yep. It's another yep. movie the, where the, someone's jumping it's from a, a plane. It's another goddamn movie where they have a stupid fucking scene where the protagonist jumps from a plane, and I just <laughs> think that this will never end. I, I, well, I, I'm beginning to get a sense that in every MCU movie, they're going to be like, how do we make it tense? And it's like, okay, well, check this out. The protagonist, it's like, he's not just going to go because, you know, he has this motorcycle. He's this super guy. We've been, but like, but what, but what if, what if he jumps from a plane and then everyone's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, that's cool. Well, but out of all of the plane jumping so far, this is probably the most, this this one also makes the most sense, yeah. I would think. Too. Right, and here's the thing: fair, but my opinion is so soured. They, they should know. have saved the first plane jump for I this know. movie, and I would have been like, "All right." But at this point, it's just a trope. It's like every single Marvel movie: the protagonist jumps from a plane at some point. Yep. Well, uh, I will uh, give a negative note here. Oh, uh, get ready. Here we go. Uh oh. Uh, oh boy. Breaking into this place with a giant USA flag shield was probably <laughs> not the move. Yeah, dude. Wait, like I'm so, uh, uh, sorry, Captain America, but that was that. I mean, in this dark lab with a giant bright red, white, and blue flag on your back is just like I don't know. That was a tough sell for me in that moment. Yeah, they also they also kind of do the thing in this movie, which is you know uh, uh, sort of a theme at this point, where it's like it's like the antagonists are like are like capable, militant, best technology, brilliant, like, you know, they're they're this, they're this, they're this, this overwhelming force to be reckoned with until it's, like, kind of convenient for them to be bumbling idiots. And, like, the entire time that, like, Steve is breaking into this thing, it's like they're just sort of bumbling idiots. Like, how does no one see him? How does no one catch on to what's happening? It's like he's, like, not even really doing, a, like, a stealth attempt or whatever. Like, he's kind of half-heartedly doing it. But really, he's just running through corridors and, for some reason, no one's seeing him. He's a super yeah. soldier. What can I say? Yeah, he's yeah, very yeah, super. Yeah, you can't really say much more yeah. than that, I think. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, in the theme of bullies, we get a uh, fun scene of a uh, Nazi or Hydra uh, knocking a hat off of the head of an American soldier, which I just uh, took note of because that's a classic bully move. These, sure. I, these, I, that's so true. It's, just, it, it's, like, it's the classic bully yeah. move. He's just like, ah, I got your hat. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, not my hat. You know? I used to hit the hat off people all the time. So it's a classic bully. I get it. Uh, well, we do end up uh, obviously releasing the soldiers because it's Captain America. Uh, we find Bucky and he's being tortured, which Bucky does not have a great track no. record with being tortured over the course of the MCU. So it was, uh, again, another thing I had forgot about this was finding him in that moment. It's uh, kind of funny that it's kind of a precursor to the future of Bucky's uh, storyline. Um, but obviously, you know what? They took him. They got him. They got him out of there, and uh, they yeah. brought him all back. Around uh, this point in the movie, too, this is about, this is about, this is about the halfway point, uh, I went and I uh, paused the film, and I uh, turned to my wife, Allison, and I uh, asked her if she had any thoughts. Perfect. Uh, and uh, her thoughts last week, I got to say, I feel like they didn't go over uh, as well as I had uh, hoped. It seemed like you two uh, didn't necessarily agree with her take, so I'm hoping that we can uh, get her track record uh, up a little bit this week. Um, you know, just because... 
Uh, uh, I think that uh, she's an insightful individual with opinions on these things. Uh, so uh, Allison's thoughts so far. Uh, seems like an expensive anti-bullying campaign, which I agreed with. Uh, I think it's strange. A lot of people are obsessed with this. Uh, also, kind of tend to agree with. Uh, I was expecting more from how many shirts and tattoos I see. Many people seem to personally identify with Captain America. So that's the uh, that's the Allison segment. All right, no no laughs, Thanks, no comments. Well, if um, if this was the hmm, only okay. Captain America movie and the only ever appearance of Captain America, then I would agree sure. with those statements. But you're talking right, about an 11 year old movie. That has now had three more movies plus multiple right. appearances across other uh, movies. So, uh, okay. I jotted that down. I will yeah. uh, send sure. that up to Allison for review, yeah. and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get them next yeah. week. <laughs> Please give her that feedback for me. Thank you so okay. much. Um, <laughs> um, I, I did want to make a note here too. Uh, while the music has gotten a little bit better, I think, especially in this movie. What I did notice is that there were little moments in this movie, especially as they go to capture all the other bases. It's kind of like a montage of capturing other bases and them destroying tanks and uh, other Hydra agents and stuff. There's this one uh, moment where Steve gets on one of the tanks, throws the bomb inside of it, closes it up, and then jumps off of it, right? And it's this big explosion underneath him. The music from that moment is used in Endgame in one of the biggest yeah. Captain America scenes, which, again, because that. I've watched all that. Yeah, it's it's crazy to, again, listen to these earlier things that were developed 11 years before that, or at that time, I guess, maybe nine years before that, um, and hear that that same kind of moment of craziness for Cap jumping off this exploding tank was also used that exact same kind of moment was used in uh, in Endgame as well. So I thought, again, the, the callbacks to not only lines, but music and characters and everything else is, uh, again, just kind of reinforcing my, my uh, love of the MCU. Sure. Yeah. So I really like that, uh, that moment there. Um, he returns with all the missing people, with more guns, with tanks, all of that. Amazing. Before, before before he returns, something important happens. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, normally I would just say, oh, okay, let's move past. We can just... But one of the most important plot point happens before he returns, which uh -huh. is, of course, that he has a fight on the bridge uh, with the Hydra commander. Um, and uh, it is uh, uh, in this moment that the Hydra commander rips off the fake face that he's been wearing and reveals himself to be Red Skull, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I thought, but frankly, again, uncharacteristic for me, that was pretty cool. I liked that. Uh, I, I, I will, however, say I thought it was kind of weird that he was like wearing a mask in the first place because then he like takes the mask off and then he's just never wearing a mask again. And it's kind of like what was like, 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 like why? Why? Well, the, why, the even, point, why even? The point was that he was associated with the Nazis before that, but he made his clear marker at that point when he killed those people who came to see his weapons progress. Right. That he was going to take down Berlin. That he was going to take down the rest of the world. That he was going to try to take over, and that threw the Nazis to the side. And I sure. think once the veil lifted, that he was no longer interested in Hydra being just an arm of the Nazis, right. he then lifted the 
physical veil. Right, but he like waits to do it until he fights Captain America because he so got that he can punched the... in the face. Word. And his All his right. his mask like you saw his eye, the eye part like came down and you right. could see the red, right? Sure. All right, yeah, I I I I retract that. I can live with it. That's another Boom. win for my birthday. Yeah, easy <laughs> enough, dude. Another birthday win. Um, no, you're right. I actually missed that part in my notes there. So uh, thank you for bringing that up because I, I I really liked the design of the Red Skull. Yeah. I yeah. thought his design was great. I, I mean, the thing that I was kind of really surprised by is the fact that they got the nose so good and it didn't look like his face was bigger. Right. right, it didn't yeah, look totally. like his face was like bloated to make room for this concave nose. I thought that was really no. Cool. I think like honestly, dude, Red Skull, absolute highlight of the MCU, hundred percent coolest villain that we've seen on screen so far. Uh, kind of saved this movie for me realistically because I didn't like anything else. But okay. then Red Skull had scenes, and I was like, "Oh, that's fucking cool, dude!" Like Red Skull's just cool. Like, yeah. I, like I'd like to see a movie, but Captain America's not in it, and we just follow around Red Skull. Like that would be a fun movie. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, wow. During that part, the, the bridge separating, and it's both Cap and Red Skull on separate sides of the bridge as it's moving apart, and there's just explosions of the lab under. I wish they had held yeah. that shot for a bit longer than they did, because that would have been like a sick, just like cine cinematography section of the movie. Yeah, but they like, they literally just they gloss over it, dude. It was like maybe a second and a half of a cool shot and they're like nah fuck this like we don't want you to see that and that kind of made We're me out. that kind of made me well, angry they ran out of yeah. time they needed to extend the dancing monkey part yeah. um, right so yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah they yeah they spent all that time explaining why steve rogers would jump on a hand yeah. grenade <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all right well he returns he's brought back people he's brought back guns he's brought back tanks uh, Howard Stark is able to look into this technology, all of that. But the most important part here is uh, Cap's starting to get in touch with the ladies, it seems. Uh, as, a little bit. Yeah, you know. Uh, one. Now, this is also a famous actress. I forgot to look her up before She's from Game of Thrones. this happened. Game of Thrones! Yeah. Yeah. That's where it was, And also, dude. then she okay. got a part in, like, The Hunger Games or something. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay, I've never yeah. seen that. Uh, I don't... I never watched the movie, but I heard about it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also, like, you know, kind of, like, within this within this uh, uh, segment, just a point I wanted to touch on is that um, after he comes back with all of the captured uh, soldiers, there is uh, uh, him and Tommy Lee Jones have a little conversation, and he's like, okay, I, ac I accept you now, Captain America. Uh, I was wrong about you before, I think, but now I see the value that you probably have. Uh, so we're going to uh, put put we're gonna we're gonna put 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 together a team, and we're gonna go take down Hydra with the team. And I'm putting together my best men. To which Captain America responds, "With all due respect, sir, 
so am I. But then, like, his best men are just, like, six guys that he, like, just met who had just been captured by Nazis, like, you know, 40 minutes ago that he then had to break out of prison. <laughs> I'm just like, like, that's, like, it's, like, convenient. That's well, very but convenient. no, but they also helped him take down the other bases as well. Right, but they got caught in the first place. Like, you know, and uh, sure, uh, were when completely they were, incapable of doing anything without it. Like, they when they just were died going there. up against an enemy they weren't aware of or weren't uh, right. necessarily prepared for based on the sure. type of weapons that they had. Yeah. So I don't right. think also, that that's but, unreasonable. But, I mean, also, he has no he has no basis to really call these best men. Like, he doesn't know that. That's like, true. I mean, sure, they all escaped from the base together. But, I mean, he literally was completely unaware that these people existed. And then he's just like, I'm putting together a crack team. It's these six guys I just yeah, met. Yeah, I'm on the Christian camp of thought in this, in this scenario. Because... It, <laughs> you're giving me a thumbs down um yeah <laughs> because <laughs> only like, for you to see because like i th like this this has to be one of those moments where they're putting in characters that are important to like maybe the comics or something but like if you hadn't read the comics then you have no idea who these guys are because these guys get especially the the dude the bowler hat like he gets yeah. a lot of screen time and i just had no idea who the fuck he was so he must yeah. have been a character, yeah. right? He shows up later on too, like in in What If, and yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was, I'm just wondering who the hell this guy is. Uh, this guy also plays uh, Damian Dark in The Flash, in the Green Flash, Arrow, yeah. all of those TV shows on DC. So again, yeah. just a, an interesting other actor that shows up in other superhero things or becomes uh, big after this. Kind of cool. Yeah, but I but you know, and I also want to say I wasn't even trying to derail. I just wanted to get to that point. But uh, yeah, that like makeout scene with that uh, uh, lady from Game hot. of Thrones. The fuck was that? That was dude? hot. Like is what it it's was. like that. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> like, is it that unreasonable? Do, does that not yes. happen to rock stars? Does that not happen to celebrities? Does that not happen to other people? Like in those types of moments. Would, but it was just one of those things where it's like her only thing in the movie was just to like create a point of tension between the protagonist and the main love interest and it like didn't need to be there and if it was never there the movie wouldn't have changed like it was it was a complete like because him and the main love interest they just they just end up making out later anyway it was just this weird point of tension that did nothing and sometimes when these things happen i'm like it didn't really do anything but like but th this instance in particular it did no no no, nothing. no. it did like, do it something not it anything. did do something you know what it did it caused her huh. to shoot to him sh shoot the shoot shield, the shield. Yeah. To prove right. yep. how okay. good the shield was. That's what it did. Yep, the vibranium right. shield, yeah. which is the first time we're hearing of vibranium. It will not be the last time we hear about vibranium. Oh, um, no, it won't. And we find out that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we have the, uh, the cap shield, the famous cap shield, which we saw at the start of the movie in the ice. So now things are starting what? to... Things are starting we to come also, together. We also side in Iron Man to the second Iron Man. That is true. Wow, your knowledge of the MCU is really great at this point. Keep it up. Yep. Which I'm also kind of like, but like, why was it like at like Stark Lab at that point? It was, if it was like by, buried in ice. Is it was made by Stark? Right, but like he's like, there's this one vibranium shield that we have, and it's like buried in ice. 
in Antarctica, but like also it's at Stark's lab in like t- where like are there two Captain America shields and he just has like another one like 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 ha- like how did the shield go from Antarctica to Stark's lab in the second one? Uh, well, what we find out is vibranium is not as rare as people think it is. Vibranium makes many more appearances so it's not unreasonable to think that howard stark made another right but 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 at that point he's like we only have this one captain america shield and that's like stark's dad and then like so then like even if there is a second captain america shield like then like captain america gets buried in ice and then stark makes another captain america shield like while stark is because yeah. because he like he never he never makes it back to the United States like 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 Captain America goes down and he's never back in the United States after that shield is developed so then it's like they just like made another shield with the Captain America well, yeah, uh, thing on it it's like developed later on that Howard Stark was a big fan of Captain America even after he passed Got so it, it wouldn't okay, be a stretch word? for him to like do that in honor of him or something like that to have like another yeah. shield yeah. okay word yeah I can I can you know what I can live with that but it seems like it's an oversight that they explained after the fact <laughs> okay so now we are ready to zip line onto this incoming train because uh this is where Dr. Zola is going to be this is where we're going to uh, uh take down kind of the the smart factor of this duo between Red Skull and Dr. Zola. Um, And guess what? It's a trap. I know. You didn't see it coming. Yeah, you didn't see it coming. But uh, guess what? They knew that Cap was going to be there. They knew that these guys would try to take out this train. uh, And they were ready for it with with their specialty guns. And so Bucky, Cap... uh, and I think there was one other person with them, right? But I don't remember what happened to that third person now that I think about it, because the focus was really on Bucky and Cap. Um, and in this moment, they fight these two guys. They shoot guns at each other. There's a lot of fighting. But I think the big moment here is really uh, Bucky in uh, the fact that the side of this train gets blown off. Bucky's holding onto the side. And you think this is a classic Captain America save. Uh, but it's not. And they actually let Bucky fall into this ravine um, for the people who have, you know, read the comics or are familiar with Marvel. Bucky is not just Bucky in the future. Bucky becomes Captain what? America's sidekick in the future. No. And there's more to him. But in this moment, they really sell the fact that this guy is falling to his death, um, yeah. which again, not a thing that I remembered, but they really sold the fact that like, Hey, this yeah. isn't a hint that Bucky's coming back. This is it. This is the Bucky death scene. Yep. Yeah. The true. That's facts. I agree That's with facts, that. Bro. <laughs> Great. Uh, now that Bucky's dead, that means that now they, uh, you know, Cap has a real mission now, and that's revenge. Revenge. That is revenge. Uh, we do get the cool motorcycle here with the Cap shield on the front. Uh, this is actually kind of a thing that uh, uh, I think comes up at least one more time with a motorcycle with a cap shield on the front. I think it uh, here it's obviously in a very old school motorcycle, but I believe they bring and it back And this is also again. a thing that they already did in a movie called Star Wars. What? Really? What? 
Yeah, like, yeah, it's like when they're uh, on that, like, forest planet and they're, mm -hmm. like, zipping through the trees on their, like, speed bikes. Uh -huh. It's like, that's, like, that's, 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 that's Star Wars, bro. Like, this is, like, a hundred percent of Star Wars. Like, it, it, like, if not a reference, like, at, like, at the very least, it's, like, inspired by, star by the movie Star wow. Wars. Because this is, like, literally, it's, like, you know, Luke and Leia on the speed bikes, and then all the stormtroopers are behind them, and then they're, like, pew, pew, like, you know, and then he has, like, you know, he has to zip through trees and whatever. I mean, Sure. But you could also it's a Star kind Wars of, moment. What the fuck? I mean, it's not how a Star you, how Wars. How possibly take it's issue? It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a complete Star Wars moment. So is every single car Star chase Wars or moment. motorcycle chase a Star Wars moment? No, but just like the way that it's shot and like how it keeps being like there's two dudes behind them and then they're using tricks through trees to get rid of them and then more people are peeling in from the forest. It's a Star Wars moment, dude. Yeah, I think this. Okay, I think the I forest make part makes it a Star Wars moment. It's a, for sure a Star Wars moment. Okay. I'm just saying, like I said, it, like if not a direct reference, at the very least, I mean, the director has seen Star Wars at some point. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like at like at some point throughout the filming of this, someone was like, "Oh yeah, it didn't like Star Wars like do a thing." You know, it's like it, it for sure. It's it, it's just a classic Star Wars moment. Sure. Okay, well, yeah. I'll I'll let you have it, and uh, no, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, for my birthday, I'm gonna let you have it. You're welcome. That's very gracious of yeah, you. I no appreciate problem. it. Of course. <laughs> um. Well, at this point, Cap gets captured. Oh, what? what? I see what you did there. What? Uh, I mean, That's insane. I, I will. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest in this moment. Like, come on, guys. Uh, if Cap, I mean, he's not that stupid. I mean, at this point, you know, he's taken out multiple of your bases, and you think he's just like gonna show up solo and you're gonna capture him and you're gonna take him inside and everything's gonna be like that easy i don't know that that part if anything in the whole movie was the only the one thing that pulled me out of that moment because i was like come on yeah i don't know you surround captain america and he just gives up and lets you bring him inside <laughs> yeah i also i also kind of think that like the hydra's thing is sort of like they like the the schmidt or whatever he has like a gigantic ego he sure, doesn't feel true. like anything could ever possibly take him on you know yeah. so it's like whatever his own his own his own pride set the trap that then captain america ends up springing yeah true well, he's able to at least uh, uh, in this moment. There's three guys that zip line in, break through the windows. I, these zip lines, I don't know where these yeah, zip lines are all either. coming from. Right? That's, yeah. I mean, I assume they didn't already exist going into these windows, but it's uh, proprietary Stark tech, bro. <laughs> you know what? That's a good answer. That's a good one. Yeah. It's, I mean, I like really. You can just it, explain away anything in this universe, but it's like, no, dude, the Starks. They yeah. were. They were. They were on that. Yeah, it's got some sweet zipline tech. One of my yeah. least favorite tropes in like just movies in general is the trope where the villains got the hero or whoever is the good guy in the scenario, and they're they've got the gun to their face, and they're gonna shoot. But something happens like 50 feet away and they're like, oh, no, I'm distracted. I can't shoot the gun anymore. Right. I need <laughs> yeah. to like turn my attention to these people now. And then the hero gets away. Yeah. And I, right. I literally sure. cringe every single time it happens. Or the villain gets away, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The, the, he, no, the no, hero, the, gets, the hero away. gets away without getting yeah. shot. Oh, in gets the away head. without getting shot. Yeah. 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 Well, right. gotcha. Yeah. Because 
in this moment here, he's able to get the Tesseract and bring it with him uh, to this giant, huge plane. Uh, and so Cap's going to have to go after him to uh, try to stop him from launching on that plane. And uh, right. I, I, when I saw this again, I definitely forgot. I knew that there was a plane. I knew it had to be crashed. But I did not remember the fact that there were like multiple different bombs with the city names on them. Dude, Dude I thought that was so dumb. Funny, I was like, I was like, yeah. uh, I can't wait. I mean, I was like, I can't wait to hear Christian's thoughts on this. I know, as soon as yeah, I saw well, the because yeah, because it, it's, it's like someone's like putting like you know like 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 the giant spooky hydra bomb in the port, and they're just like, no, you fool, that's the New York bomb, and it's yeah. like, oh, I just okay, imagine a guy bad. just like painting the names of the cities. This one goes to Chicago. And this one goes yeah. to Boston. <laughs> this little piggy yep. went to New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that was a tough one for me to hold on to. Um, <laughs> we get the uh the car driving down the runway to catch up with the plane, which I don't remember personally if the car had made a previous appearance in that moment, but somehow they had the car and it had a turbo booster in it that could catch them up to this plane that's going down a runway to take off. I Yeah, they straight up don't... clutch the NOS on that one, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, it was also. I thought. I thought, and, may, and maybe this is also kind of part of why I like Hydra's villains, because they. Uh, uh, it seems like they were able to push the envelope of evil a bit, and we yeah. get a fun scene where someone is sucked into a propeller and then that eviscerated. Was which I was like, "That's dope. Yeah. That's good. Like more of that, please." Like people were actually getting shot with blood exploding out of the back of them in this movie, and I was like. That's cool. I would like more of that in my Marvel movies, please. Well, starting the next one, we're going to Disney. So you tell me yeah, if you think so. that's going to increase. <laughs> yeah, so RIP, dude. Um, yeah, so we get the car scene here, and uh, that's when Cap gets the kiss from Peggy. Ooh. But you yeah. know what? Tommy Lee Jones isn't going to kiss yeah. you, so don't even think about it. Right. I know you were I thinking think about, about it. it. I know. I was thinking about it, yeah. yeah I know. Uh, and we get the fight between Red Skull and Cap now on this plane. I really liked... Uh, the, I At the start of the fight, I was like, wait, I kind of don't remember this. And I was like, how could how big could this fight really be? And yeah. then when they hit the the the, uh, the the wheel... not It's not a wheel. What do you call it? Yeah, I was, the, I was trying to figure out what to call that also. The yoke? The yoke. The, Isn't what? that what you call it? The yoke? The y yoke? The y what? What are you saying? Yeah, the the thing that you uh, uh, steer a plane with. Oh, dude, I have zero knowledge about because like, it's not a steering wheel obviously it, right? it, it, you know what i gotta give it to you dan just googled it you were right it's called oh, a yoke shit. hey amazing i am a genius well, you go dude i am I a genius. happy I'm birthday like... dan <laughs> happy birthday dan damn okay um yeah so when they hit that and the plane starts going straight down and they have this like low gravity fight i thought that that was awesome what a cool like moment to utilize the low gravity and uh see them utilize that for the fight I thought that that was fun. I don't know. I almost sort of like took like the opposite approach to this, which like, you know, of course, but like I sort of felt like this last battle was like a little anticlimactic for me because it was over pretty quickly. And any of like the cool shit like you're mentioning, like it like it just all happened like so fast. Sure. And I 
and this is like my bias towards this, but again, Red Skull, by far the coolest guy that I have seen in the MCU, uh, you know, so far. I just kind of wished that they had like made that last scene feel like a little bit more impactful or like a little, I don't know, like uh, drawn out. Because like, I think it's kind of fucked up when it's like the Hulk kind of has a better ending like send off to the villain than like Captain America gets but we, like because the Hulk was like by far a much worse movie but like the last kind of like fight scene in the Hulk like felt really fucking epic and then you know the last fight scene in this it was just kind of like two guys punching each other and then he gets the tesseract and it's and then and then every and then you know and then and and now and now we're we're done and now he's on a mission of self sacrifice yeah i actually don't disagree i thought the fight was pretty short i think that they did the low gravity thing to kind of make up for it a bit yeah. but obviously yeah it wasn't as impactful as i think it could have been um yeah. Yeah. i will i will definitely agree my thing about the fight was that um, there were stakes when Red Skull had his little pew-pew blaster gun, and it was him shooting at Cap, and Cap had the shield. And so, like, th these guys are both superhuman, so we know that, like, them wailing on each other isn't going to do anything, right? Like, the punches don't really make us feel like they hurt. So the only thing that does give stakes is the gun. So once they take the gun out, then I'm like, okay, no one's going to fucking die here. So I was just kind of yeah. waiting for them to introduce more stakes, but then they kind of did with like uh, them yeah, ramming sort into of the a yoke. classic Iron Man versus Iron yeah, Man exactly. scenario where thinking. they're just, they're just going to kind of be punching each other. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this is when the Tesseract uh, is taken out and then engulfs Red Skull, which is a thing that, I forgot happened. I didn't realize how Red Skull was going to be taken out here. But it's actually kind of interesting now having that context, again, knowing kind of the future and where uh, he might pop up again. Yeah. Um, um, without, like, spoiling anything, did you, Dan, think that they had a plan for this going forward? Or do you think they just made it up later on? I think they probably made it up later on. Okay. But I think they did that by utilizing this kind of leftover moment because yeah. we don't really see him die. And in fact, it almost is reminiscent of the Bifrost, right? When he gets taken out I in that moment, see he's that. Yeah. kind of teleported in almost a Bifrost-ish kind of way. Yeah, and you can kind of see um, like the, the space portal open up from the Tesseract behind him and stuff. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then the Tesseract falls straight down. Uh, through the ground, through the plane, and all the way to this uh, bottom of the sea, which we find out, which is why later on when Howard Stark does find the Tesseract, he doesn't find any remnants of uh, Captain America's plane because the Tesseract yeah. doesn't fall with the plane. It falls previous to it. Right. Right? Because I thought that that might be a thing where it's like, well, wait, if you found the Tesseract, why isn't he fine? But yeah, so it, it falls directly through. Stark is able to find that, which, again, is another part that I didn't remember, which is Howard Stark finding the Tesseract, which lines up for future storylines as well, to remember that in this moment in the 1940s, the Tesseract is now in Howard Stark's position or possession. Uh, John, did you see this in movie theaters when it first came out? I did. I did. Okay. So now that Tesseract's gone, Cap is uh, in this plane. He's 
take it into the ice. And now, Christian, I'm here to hear your thoughts on uh, Cap's yeah. sacrifice in dodging and throwing this plane into the ice because it's going to land in New York if he doesn't. I don't even know if I really have like uh, 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 too much uh, witty uh, bants to give about that. Like it's just, it's just kind of like. The way that the movie was written, this is literally the only way that it could have ended, and then they ended it like this, and then that 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 that's that's just sort of how I felt about it. Like, I think that you know, uh, uh, a lot of the MCU kind of seems to revolve around heroic self-sacrifice that doesn't actually kill anybody, and this is just kind of one of those moments where it's like. He would have died for the cause, but conveniently enough, it never actually came to that. But that's the medal of the man. He's a great guy, but there's no stakes ever because, you know, he, he, he could have died there, but he didn't die there. And now he wakes up and it's 70 years later and they and they go and uh, and own and now the world has changed. And it's just kind of like whatever, like. It was an ending to a movie, you know, that's yeah. kind of like. Um, I will say, and the reason why I asked if you saw it in theaters yeah. is maybe I just misremembered it, but I could have sworn that Cap waking up 70 years later was a, was a mid-credit scene. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, but it might just be us misremembering it. Yeah, maybe, because I feel like they ended it with the crash and then, like, Peggy, and then that was kind of it fading out, yeah. and that was the end. And then the post or mid credit scene was Cap wakes up, he finds out he's in the future, Nick Fury shows up, end scene, it's 70 years later, right? Yeah. I Maybe either I'm misremembering it or they re-edited it for Disney+. I mean, that's possible. Disney Plus streaming. That's really possible. Um, yeah, well... uh. And that's it. That brings us now. Captain America is 70 years in the future. We now have the backstory to Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, a little bit of Black Widow, uh, almost none of Hawkeye. And we are uh, next going to head into the, the Avengers, Avengers. But Wow. You know, uh, yeah, so it's been, uh, we're almost through phase one, but... As we get through the end of this uh, movie here, our favorite segment of the show, yep. uh, Christian, tell us something you liked about this movie, non-ironically. Yeah, I've already, I've already kind of been saying it, but like, I think Hydra's fucking badass, dude. Like, it was like they're super fun villains, and uh, I think that. All of the actors that portrayed like every member of Hydra did a really, really good job of being cartoonishly evil while also like selling it in a way that didn't feel cheesy. And that's kind of been my issue with a lot of the MCU stuff up until now is that a lot of the evilness feels like cheesy evil. But like these dudes were like over the top while still giving these very, very good performances. So it didn't necessarily feel out of place for the world that they were in, you know, sure. Um and uh, Red Skull, Red Skull's just fucking cool, dude. Like, Red Skull's badass. Like I said, I would totally go and watch a Red Skull movie on my own volition if it was just following him around as he vaporized uh, people in the United States Army. Sick. <laughs> but okay. I do support the troops. <laughs> sure, of course, of course. Um, yeah, so conversely... Dan, it's now your turn as the birthday boy. I mean, 
even if it wasn't your birthday, this would still be your time to speak. Right. Uh, yeah. what, what's your yeah. What's your least favorite part about this movie? Um, I feel like there was a lot of good buildup for Red Skull that didn't pay off strong enough for how good I feel like the villain was. So, like, I like that they added the low gravity at the end for the fight, but it was just kind of trying to band-aid the fact that they couldn't really think of a better way in that moment to extend it. Um, and I'm going to throw a second thing out, which is the plane going into the ice. I don't think they made a compelling enough case that that was the only option. I think that if they had literally just done one thing, which is added a timer, like they had the timers in the facilities where they blew them up. If they added a timer that was like, we know how long it takes to get there. We want them to explode at the right time. And we don't want anyone to mess with this. Like these bombs are all going to be on a timer and they're all going to go off at a certain time. Then maybe it could have added to the compelling need for Steve to take this directly down before he got too close to the Eastern seaboard. Right. Um, but I still don't, and maybe there's someone out there or an article or someone that can under, make me understand it better. I still don't have the compelling reason as to why he needed to take it down and why that would make it so that none of those bombs would go off. That's fair. I agree. Yeah. That was my gripe too. Uh, maybe we'll save my final thoughts for after I rate it. <laughs> after the rating, yeah. here right. we go. Yeah. Here we go. Christian's so, specialty ratings. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a limb here, all right? Uh might hit you guys with something uh that uh will surprise you. I'm going to go ahead and give Captain America the First Avenger. You've been you've been waiting for it. This gets a 4 from uh, that's wow. what I thought you were going to give it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought because so I liked it more than Iron Man and Iron Man Two, and I believe I rated those three. So it oh, it it stands to reason that this one would have to be four because I liked it. Uh, uh, and beyond even liked it, I liked it a lot more. But really, this is like the first one that we've watched where I actually like unironically enjoyed segments of it. Because, again, I thought Hydra was cool, I thought Red Skull was cool, and I appreciated the fact that, like, people actually got gored. That was fun. People get shot, blood's exploding out of dudes, people are getting sucked into airplane engines, like, you know, and even sort of, like, when Red Skull gets punched in the face for the first time, it, like does like the body horror kind of thing where now his face is like slanted and weird. Like it is just, it was the, there were actual moments in this movie, which I was by the way, very surprised by because I figured if I was going to unironically hate anything from phase one MCU, it probably would have been the captain America movie. Yeah. And I'm pleasantly surprised that this is the one that I actually liked the most, which by the way, doesn't save it from all the things that I didn't like, but red skull and Hydra were really cool. Uh, I hope we get to see more of that. Cool. I would say that again, as I've watched through all these movies in phase one, they're better than I remember them being. But I think mostly because I've forgotten a lot of what happens in these movies. I would put this at like a 6.8. That's what I would say for this. Really? I All really right. enjoyed it. I thought it had a good villain. You I didn't... thought Thor was better than this movie? What did I rate Thor? I think you rated Thor like a 7. I don't think I did, did I? I thought That's I rated it a 6. 
I don't know. I would say I like this better than Thor. Well, then 7.2. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I think we all need to go back and look at our yeah. ratings. Right. Sure. We need to like make a document and like list all of our ratings. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's better if our ratings aren't lined up properly throughout all of these. It's just how we're no. feeling in the moment. Yeah, yeah okay. that's true. Sure. Yeah. You so could do it that way. I'm not going to do it that way. Okay. Go ahead, John. Let us know. All right. Uh, you gave it, you, you said you gave it a 6, 6.8. Is that, am I, yes. am I correct? You're, you're locking that in. And I liked it better than Thor. Okay. But right. you're locking that, that number in. I'm locking it in. All right. So oh, he's gonna price I'm going to, I'm going to make some podcast history here and rate it higher than Dan. I'm going to give it a solid wow. seven out of 10. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Love Congratulations, it. Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this movie was extremely cheesy, but in a way where I was like, you know what? I accept it. I accept the cheesiness. Uh, the script yeah. was like very by the numbers, uh, but it did everything fairly well, and it delivered on some of the coolest CG. Well, like we mentioned before the cg uh i think we would chalk it up under the term vfx because technically it wasn't really cgi um yeah but it had some of the coolest vfx stuff for the first uh third of the movie with skinny steve and um it gave me like the first really good moment um personally with steve and uh agent carter kind of making plans to be on a date as he fucking launched himself into Antarctica. I think that was uh, one of the coolest moments for me. Um, and it sets up for a lot of what happens later on in the MCU. So um, yeah, this movie got me really stoked to watch the rest of the movies, which uh, I was not feeling prior to this movie. I actually <laughs> was super unexcited to watch any of the previous movies, but now I'm like, dude, stoked. I was like, dreading yeah. watching i would because i because because i was like getting caught up on the new season of better call saul last night and then it like and i was like it's so fucking good and <laughs> yeah, then i would like is. looked and i was like oh it's like 10 o'clock yeah, i like, gotta, I gotta watch fucking this fucking watch movie, captain dude. america dude yeah. <laughs> yeah it um it definitely was better than i thought it was going to be based on my memory of it but i think as i watch all the newer movies the older ones like just got ranked lower in my mind, mm-hmm. so to rewatch them again is uh, is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm really stoked. Thanks for going forward. Yeah, word. Any uh, final thoughts there, John? Uh, no, I think those were my final thoughts. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited for for the rest of the series, and uh, I hope everyone listening is too. All right, hell yeah, yo! Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll Catch see you, next you again time. next time. And if you made it this far, fucking subscribe or download our podcast. What the hell? You've listened to it for this long, and if you haven't done that, that's insane of you. So True. go do that. True. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. bye. <clears throat>